Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I could not agree more that TikTok cannot be allowed to operate in the United States. But I'm not so nasty. I don't think I'm nasty at all. I know some people say it, but they, they just disagree. And so anybody you disagree with, they're like, oh, he's a Nazi, right? That Disagreement means they're a Nazi, and that's 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 what they do. And so I don't pay any attention to those to those fools. Uh, I, I accept that TikTok is a danger, that TikTok is controlled by the uh, Chinese Communist Party, and that TikTok cannot be allowed in the United States. It's tracking people. It's sharing data and information. This is a spy tool from a communist nation. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Guys, so good to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. And don't forget, tomorrow uh, on the morning show, I uh, one-on-one with former Vice President Mike Pence. All the questions that the Chuck Todds and the and the Jake Tappers didn't ask, oh, don't you worry. Don't you worry. I got it. I got it. He's scheduled to be with us at 8 a.m. So uh, tune in then. I'll tune into everything uh, there at WIBC, WIBC.com. People are going to lose money when TikTok gets banned. And I don't think we should be so flip about that. Note that I did not say that we shouldn't do it. We should do it. We need to get rid of TikTok. When I see CBS, you know, the whole thing with Trump, they're allowing him back on Twitter, although Trump has said, I won't go back on Twitter, and everybody's lost their mind. Everybody has lost their mind. So ignorant. Senate Democrats want the Federal Trade Commission to investigate Elon Musk. We don't care how much money you have. You're not doing what we want. So we will go against you. We will utilize the tools of government to hurt you. These Senate Democrats are blanking awful. You can fill in the blank yourself. CBS said, we're going to put a pause on being on on Twitter. We're going to to put a pause on being on Twitter and assess the situation. They did that for 36 hours. And while they were doing that, they were still putting out information on TikTok. A communist Chinese-owned company spying on Americans and Europeans. The Europeans think that TikTok should be blocked. Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State, speaking about it. TikTok cannot be allowed to operate in the United States. Jobs be damned and people's careers be damned. Now, I know exactly what you're saying. When do they start saying that about talk radio? Dude, I'm surprised that they haven't. Talk radio is a threat against democracy. Talk radio? owned by American companies. It's a fundamentally different conversation. If I told you I didn't like the content on TikTok, but TikTok was owned by a guy named Tim in Des Moines, Iowa, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But it's not. It's owned by the Chinese Communist Party, and it's utilized to spy on Americans, and that's the difference. I'm not discussing stopping anybody from being in the business of sharing content, even if I think the content is ridiculous and or detrimental. They'll have to find another platform. And I am not going to not notice that they're going to lose money. These people are making serious, serious dollars. They're going to lose out. And I feel awful for them. But it still has to happen. 
You see, you think that talk radio is a problem. No, you just don't like the content. I'm not arguing the content because I can decide not to watch it like someone else could decide not to listen to it. It's the platform is owned by the communist Chinese and you can't allow it because they've proven themselves untrustworthy. They've proven themselves liars and frauds. They have proven themselves dangers. They have to go. So they got to go. That's all there is to it. And uh, sooner rather than later. I agree. Just don't forget that some people are going to be financially hurt. And I'm sorry that has to happen. I am. They should move to other platforms and hopefully find new successes and better successes there. But TikTok has to go because we have a nation to secure. And that nation comes first. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. I know the World Cup is happening and I'm supposed to really be into it. I mean, I'm a soccer guy. I I love it. But FIFA, the governing body of, of world soccer, put it in Qatar. You're talking about a horrific nation. Lots of money. But you can't drink a beer and, oh, you Jews, no kosher food, and you're not allowed to publicly pray. True story. You really think that, the, that FIFA cares? They don't care abusive or oppressive. What they care about is what kind of deal that they got, which probably involves a kickback. And how can I pay attention to World Cup when I have to watch the Indianapolis Colts flail as they do? 17-16, to 16, losing to the Eagles, who they were beating because, well, in a way, someone can argue they stopped playing football. Field goal missed, first and goal, you're not scoring a touchdown. Defense gives up 14 points in the fourth quarter. That's everything going wrong. Tony Katz, guys, good to be with you. JMV joins us from 93.5, 107.5, the fan. Uh, I don't know if you want to start on the offense or defensive side uh, of this ball, but I, 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 I can only imagine there are some nice defensive things to take away. There is absolutely nothing worth uh, taking from that uh, other side of the ball. Now the offense, Tony, has uh, really no playmakers to speak of. I mean, really none. Jonathan Taylor, maybe, but really none. And you can't, with that margin for error that the Colts have, which is very slight, and especially against better teams, you can't get thrown into all those short fields like that and come away with either three or a miss. We were in the press box yesterday, and when McLaughlin, you know, missed that that kick, I think a 50-yarder or whatever it was, which is, you know, makeable range by the standards of the NFL, really a range you have to make. When he missed that, we all kind of looked at one another and said, all right, here we go. And that's exactly what happened. Here we go. You just didn't take advantage of the situations you were set up in. Philly was right for their second loss of the season. But this Colts team, as we've seen a number of times this year, think about it. They go into the fourth quarter leading by 10 and then come away with a loss. And, you know, you mentioned where are you going to start with our criticism, offensively or defensively. It's almost like you can't count on one when the other is playing well, if that makes any sense to you whatsoever. Given if, if, say, for example, the offense has a nice series, then you're not going to be able to count on the defense. If the defense is looking good and playing tough, you're probably not going to count on the offense. And that happens every single game. It's discombobulated. And yesterday, once again, offensively, Tony, it started with the offensive line. It was wobbly at best. Uh, so uh, all we heard... And all people want to talk about, 
And I, this is not an attack on Jeff Saturday. This is a, a just a reality. Oh, my gosh, Jeff Saturday. Oh, I guess they're all just going to, you know, uh, be uh, eating crow for everything they said about Jeff Saturday because he won last week. This team collapsed in the fourth quarter. Where's going to be the talk about Jeff Saturday? I can't believe that Jim Irsay did this. What was he thinking? This team isn't actually inspired. This offensive line isn't actually better because Saturday's in there. Where's all that talk? No, it's the same team. No, there's no doubt about that. Well, I mean, Jim Irsay was the one that gloated big time last week via Twitter. And, you know, as much heat as he took last week for that hire, then so be it. I probably would have done the same thing. But at the same time, this is an identical team. It is. Motivational words, maybe that helped last week. Maybe that helped this team. But maybe it was also the fact that the Raiders suck. And I mean suck in a big way. That played more of a significant role than I think the words of Jeff Saturday or the implementation of Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach. Tony, this is still the same team. Because yesterday you saw a garden variety of the issues with this team as to why they have been one of the larger disappointments this year. They just have. I mean, it just, again, offensively, they look the same. Defensively, they have their moments. But when you really needed them on that final drive with Jalen Hurts, the defense let them down. So they are identical to what we thought when Frank Reich was here. So there's no difference. Talking to JMV from 103.5975, uh, the, the, the fan, uh, is this defensive uh, issue that we saw? Uh, is this all because Kill Leonard is out for the rest of the season? Now, I think yesterday it was probably – I'll give a little bit of credit where credit is due because I will look at it this way. I, I thought that the Eagles kind of took that thing. It wasn't like the Colts just on a silver platter tone. He said, hey, you know, here's the game. We stink. I thought that the Eagles took it. I thought that Jalen Hurts just kind of showed why Jalen Hurts is mentioned as the possible MVP in the NFL this year. He just took it upon himself offensively. They took it upon themselves you know, to get that thing into the end zone, and they weren't going to be denied. And I I wish the Colts had some way to counter that. I wish the Colts had some kind of angle where they could also do it, but they just simply, they don't. They lack the playmaking ability. They lack the scoring ability. Tony, you and I think talked about it last week, whether or not this team was going to get the 20, and if that was going to be, you know, 20 points, a, a kind of a linchpin to where this team gets a win, that's, that's where you're looking at. Let's just say, for example, you know, you make a you know, touchdown instead of a field goal, make another field goal. We're probably talking about different things against arguably the best team in the NFL this year. But they just continuously let you down when you need them. And again, I look at that offensive line, the offensive line with all the penalties. Think about how you go down the field and you get sidetracked because of an illegal man downfield or a hold. Offensive line penalties were probably, to me, the biggest issue of what we saw with this team yesterday. And there were uh, uh, a few uh, of them. Uh, the new guy, left tackle, um, Raymond? Ryman. 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 Um, yeah. uh, was You had Ryman, you had uh, Fries playing because you had Pryor going to the hospital, and I don't even know what happened uh, there. Um You've got this big, expensive offensive line that still does not have a level of cohesiveness, but some of this is just about learning, right? Uh, Ryman's, isn't he a rookie? I mean, you, 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 sometimes yeah. these things are going to happen. Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, he is a rookie, and that's what you can expect, and that's what happens when your general manager fails at his business's hand. This was supposed to be the building blocks and the foundation of this team, and it has not been anywhere near. That is a general manager failure that's a chris ballard failure and that to me that's going to have repercussions as you move forward here too 
It just will. And, I mean, hopefully, Ryman, for example, Tony, is going to be your left tackle in the future. That would be great. But they thought they had so much figured out on this team this year, and this group is probably what has let them down more than anything else in what has been an incredibly disappointing season. As we talk about things offensively, I personally am taking a look at Alec Pierce. He got targeted eight times. He caught the ball three times. You can argue uh, that maybe a pass or two was a, you know, a little too, too far away. It was a little underthrown, whatever the case may be. Alec Pierce is not getting open. Alec Pierce is not getting the ball, and he's not catching the ball. What's going on? Uh, well, part of it is, um, I mean, he's a rookie, still getting used to it. Uh, that's not an excuse. That's just a fact. Uh, the other serious fact to me is that Matt Ryan can get it down the field. I mean, you cut off how much of the field offensively because Matt Ryan doesn't have the arm strength and at times still doesn't have the protection to get it down the field. He can't. Thus, Pierce, Pittman Jr. can't get separation. They can get separation on those crossing patterns, and those crossing patterns work. But trying to get it down the field, just not going to happen because they can't get separation. And the simple fact is Matt Ryan – as good as he has been, at least last week with this team, he can't get the ball down the field any longer, and that is a huge detriment. You uh, expect to see any changes? Parks Frazier still going to be making the play calls? He uh, he is. It was this all on him? I uh, no. no, I think he's. Yeah, I think everything's probably going to stay the way that it is. And you know, you're going to get a Steeler team coming up on Monday night. You know, Tony, here's what really bugs me, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts too. This team has had an opportunity to be in the thick of things, in the hunt, even with the way that they've played this season. And they've just let themselves down. It, it, yesterday, I thought it was more the Eagles kind of taking it away. Well, you can look back this season, and there are so many different circumstances to where the Colts have deflated their own balloon, have really screwed themselves, and that's where they find themselves right now. They, they don't have the answers to the questions that are most important on this team. And that's what we're going to get at the end of the season because this was supposed to be that transition season into winning a division title and, uh, you know, winning a game in the postseason, hosting a playoff game in the postseason, and they've been unable to do that. And that falls at the feet of Chris Ballard. So I think there are going to be more questions to be answered, certainly after the season where this thing goes. But this is one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL by a long shot this year. And then if you think back at all the opportunities they've had where they've let one another down, that's probably the biggest disappointment of this team is just how people thought they were going to be, what they were going to lean on to be, and what they certainly haven't been, Tony. My thanks to JMV. Appreciate him being uh, with us, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Look, I, I want to go back to this idea that you're not allowed to say anything about Jeff Saturday's hiring. Of course you can. You just got to deal with the ramifications therein. He, he won a game against the Raiders. Oh, you see, all oh, the haters got to shut up. You gave up 10 points, uh, a 10-point lead, and you allowed 14 points to be scored in the, in the fourth quarter. That's on you. That's on you. So, so what am I supposed to say? What is, the, what is the take now? The take is this isn't a good football team. The take is Matt Ryan's going to retire after this year. He can't get the ball down the field. Alec Pierce is not catching. Other guys don't even have an opportunity to take this stuff deep. Do we have a running game? Of course we have a running game. Did the offensive line not do a good job uh, this past week against the Eagles? Yeah, it wasn't great. And you need great if you're not going to have all the other pieces working. 
It's because this team is just an okay team. And sometimes okay can get you far, and sometimes okay can find a way. This team hasn't. I think Jambi's point about you take a look at the, the, the tight games, the opportunities, lost, squandered, etc. That's real. You got to just notice that. You got to be honest about that. This team has not done the little things that allow it to have the bigger upside. And this isn't about a, a specific coach, at least after two games. This is about this team. So what I take from this loss is that I don't see where the future of Chris Ballard is is at all. I could have fooled myself, although I would think that he's gone at the end of the season. I could have fooled myself into thinking that maybe, you know, all these guys needed was just a different take, and these are actually the players that you want. Um, Doesn't seem that's the case right now. It doesn't. Now, maybe that's just being too harsh on a loss, but... Just telling you how it looks. How it looks is uh, that this team doesn't have this the the desire to win. And you say to me, man, they were they were ahead, they were up. How could you say that? Because they didn't win. That's how I said that. I say it politically. Mitt Romney didn't have the will to win. Oh, too soon, too soon. Nap didn't think so. Mitt Romney did not have the will to win. He wouldn't take the fight to Barack Obama. And that's how Barack Obama became president in 2012 and not Mitt. Then again, if, uh, what's his name? If Chris Christie had actually run, he could have been president. But no, no, he wouldn't run. Everybody's got a reason. Everyone's got a story. The truth is some guys don't actually want the ball. You know what I've learned about myself at this stage? I don't know. I don't think of any late stage of my life. Uh, What I've realized about myself is I actually want the ball. And I'll take whatever comes from it. And I'm not questioning whether these guys in the cult are professionals. I'm just saying that no one has decided to put this team on their shoulders yet. That's, That's very obvious. They're not actually connected in that way. I think I think everyone can see it. I think everyone can see it. This is I I don't know even know this is about specific players. This is about as a team. They're not. They don't seem to be there. There was no rallying cry. There was no push. There was no demands for better. That's what it looks like. Outsider looking in, man. Outsider looking in. That's what it looks like. This, uh, well, I don't know if the season's lost, but certainly these are, this is not a playoff team. That seems pretty obvious. Pretty obvious indeed. I have got more to get to. Find everything. TonyCats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz Today. You know, I mentioned the World Cup a little bit earlier, and I, I figure I should get into it because the people defending Qatar are just ridiculous, pathetic, weak people. I mean, they're just ignorant fools. And I'm keeping it very, very mellow and calm compared to how I really feel uh, about them and how I feel about uh, FIFA, how I feel about the organization that puts all this together that runs world soccer, this this association, Federación, Federation Internacional de Football Association, right, that's FIFA. They are in the business of not giving a damn, just get me paid. Bribes and everything else. You would have to get a, a, a really good fight. If you want a really good fight, who's more corrupt, FIFA 
or the IOC? All right, you start asking that question. Who's more corrupt, FIFA or the IOC? And you will spend days in debate right there trying to figure out who's actually worse. I mean, who is? Who, what, what is a more corrupt organization? FIFA or the IOC? You could, you could drink a lot while trying to make that determination. But the decision to put the World Cup in Qatar, which is a nation that doesn't believe in freedom at all, is, well, a decision based on whoring oneself out. I said it, I meant it, I'll take any hit that comes my way. That's what FIFA did. You have a nation that does not allow homosexuality. It is illegal. It's illegal. So much so that soccer players were going to wear this one love armband. And me, I don't want to see any armbands. I just want you to play because I just don't need the messaging. I don't think it should be illegal. I think it's just pathetic. There's a difference. In Qatar, oh, no, no, it's support of homosexuality. We won't allow that. You can't wear those bands, so they're not wearing them. Just like they decide, you know what? We're not allowing beer sales. Oh, and those Jews, uh, no public displays of, of religion. You can't pray. And uh, uh, no kosher food. I'm supposed to think that it's a good thing the games are happening in, in, in Qatar? It's not a good thing. You think it's a good thing that the games are happening in China? Not a good thing. China, this authoritarian hellscape commie regime that puts people in concentration camps and that puts people into re-education camps. No Uyghur Muslims are free and nobody is standing up. Ah, but I'm on Mohideen is. He's a weekend host on MSNBC. I don't know the dude. But he wants you to know that if you're upset with things going on with Qatar in Qatar, maybe also with China, maybe also with China, well, you should be more worried about what's happening right here in the U.S. No one is saying Qatar is perfect, but I'm urging us to be a little bit more nuanced in our critiques and resist simply parroting generic Orientalist tropes. Oh, dear Lord, MSNBC, when you're bringing up the Orientalist tropes, we're on to something here. It is Cutter that has said homosexuality is illegal. It is Cutter that said, hey, Jews, don't pray and you can't eat. Just so we understand each other. But don't worry, don't worry. This MSNBC guy's got a plan. While it's fair to question and criticize Qatar, I wonder if this debate is truly about migrant workers' rights and human rights or... Is it that European countries who view themselves as the guardians of global soccer for their own selfish economic purposes can't stomach the idea that an Arab Middle Eastern country will host this venerable global gathering? I wonder if any of these American pundits grandstanding about human rights will call for the U.S. to be stripped of hosting the 2026 World Cup for the way elected leaders in this country and our judicial system in this country have rolled back reproductive rights or are trying to ban the word gay in public schools. or Throw this guy out on his butt 
because he's a liar, he's a fraud, and he's a fool. This is not an intellectual argument. We should be fully clear about that. This is the argument of a radical ideologue who doesn't want you to notice that Qatar is a bad nation. And the issue is not the idea of FIFA having the World Cup in a, uh, an Arab nation. It has to do with the fact that far too many Arab nations are not with the rest of the world when it comes to rights of people who are gay or Jews or women, etc. These are the facts as presented. And I'm not interested in changing them. I'm simply interested in not supporting them. But let's go back to what he said. The, the idea that elected leaders in the United States have done what? Well, call for the U.S. to be stripped of hosting the 2026 World Cup for the way elected leaders in this country and our judicial system in this country have rolled back reproductive rights. Why would anybody think that the United States shouldn't host the World Cup in 2026, which it is, in, I believe, in the Atlanta area. Why, why should anybody think that the U.S. shouldn't be able to um, do this because elected leaders representing the people voted in a way some other people don't like, which is the whole story of the United States of America. Elected leaders saying, I'm going to do this, and some people saying, I'm going to do that, and then we have a vote, and someone wins, and someone loses. And then people do this and do that, and we don't like it, so we vote for other people. That's, that's right. That's the way it should work. But what rolling back of reproductive rights are we getting to here? First, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, so we are clear, is not a rolling back of reproductive rights. Abortion is not a reproductive right, just as a matter of sheer understanding, of just sheer definition. But let's say we want to say, Tony, you understand the nomenclature. I'll say to you, the rolling back of Roe v. Wade, which is to say the overturning of the decision in the Supreme Court, is not a rolling back of reproductive rights. It was ensuring that the Constitution is actually upheld, because what that ruling did was usurp the rights of the states and i don't see why that wasn't bothersome to these people doesn't matter doesn't matter what happens as long as you get your way the ends justify the means that is for other nations not the united states if you believe the ends justify the means and it doesn't matter as long as you get what you want my god you're a bad person California and New York and Minnesota and a host of other states, they have abortion. Oh my gosh, they're thrilled and overjoyed with abortion. They want abortion up until the moment of birth and maybe a couple weeks afterwards. Wasn't it Montana that voted against the idea that a doctor has to keep a baby who, uh, if you go through an abortion process and the baby lives, you have to keep the baby alive? And Montana was like, meh. You talk about these states that voted against abortion legislation here and abortion legislation there in the midterms. Well, okay. You mean the people got to vote and that's rolling back reproductive rights? Do you have any idea? I'm on, uh, that's his name, right? Uh, I'm on, I believe. I'm on Mohadeen. Do you have any idea how full of crap you are? I, who am a pro-life guy, can fully accept that people might vote differently than I do. Then again, I'm the guy who has said you cannot solve this problem legislatively. You end abortion culturally. And you will never end it 100%. You end it to having it safe, legal, and rare. And you have it in the minimal amount of, op- of, of possibilities, I should say. 
Very few people should want this because we're able to show, first, it is indeed life. Second of all, there is pain. And third, there is adoption. There are things we can do. But Americans have decided, look, we want abortion, but we don't want this craziness. 12 weeks, 15 weeks, done. That's enough. We can all live with that. Yeah, yeah, I know what these people say, these leftists uh, about abortion until, uh, till, you know, they're, the kid's like seven. Yeah, but these people are screwy scumbags. Forget them. We're talking about what the rational people say. And they voted. And they have voted in all these places. And elected officials are doing what the voters told them to do. Exactly what's supposed to happen in the United States. And exactly what doesn't happen in Qatar. But then there's this little gem. Or are trying to ban the word gay in public schools. or That's just a lie. That goes along with the whole Florida don't say gay bill, which is actually the parental bill of rights. But what do you expect? People lie all the time and they don't get called out on it. You know, there's a story about MSNBC that that MSNBC is is suffering through some very, very serious uh, morale issues. Where do I have that story? Super, super morale issues that people are are just feeling pretty low. There it is. It was a page six story. Morale at MSNBC is an all-time low as the network faces an identity crisis. Of course, they fired Tiffany Cross, that bigot, and people like Rashida Jones, who's the president of MSNBC, not the actress, a different Rashida Jones. Um, she's she's not somebody who cares about uh, the, 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 the talent, not interested, um, trying to unmake MSNBC, uh, trying to make it a little more um, politically right-friendly. Which, look, they haven't offered me a job yet, but as long as I can do the job from Indianapolis, uh, that's happening. I'm taking the MSNBC money or the CNN money or the Fox money or the News Nation money. As long as I can do the show I want, which is unlike any other show on TV because I've seen all the other shows on TV and I'm not interested. Oh, yeah, I'm having the conversations. And yes, Tiffany Cross, bigot, just moving on. Oh, gosh, you don't like it. Uh, you never have to listen to me again. Tiffany Cross is a bigot. That's the end of the conversation. <laughs> Can't, there's no other way to say it. Everything, white people this and white people that, dude, you might have yourself a fetish. And while that might work for specific channels, that's, that's not really good for, for, for TV. So MSNBC is having all sorts of issues. They may may be rebuilding themselves. Well, uh, here's another guy that you're going to have to get rid of. Because you're flat out lying, banning the word gay in public schools. No one's doing that. That never happens. Let's go back to it. Or gay in public schools or even banned books. Ah, the old book banning subject. Deciding that certain books shouldn't be in a school library is not banning books. Again, another lie from the pseudo-intellectual set. They think themselves very, very smart, very, very, you know, on top of it. Look how together. It's just ugly. There are no books being banned. Because that would mean public libraries. School libraries are different. Should certain books be available to an eight-year-old? The answer is no. And parents getting more and more involved in schools. And that's why the political left is, is, is raising the temperature. Because they hate the fact that, that people on the political right won school board races. They hate the fact that you are getting engaged in your kids' education. They hate that. 
They're in charge of your kid's education. They're the expert. You don't know anything. I know that my eight-year-old should not have access to a book regarding um, here's why you're not your gender. And oh, look, here's a a whole story about how to have sex. Because if you think eight-year-olds should be sexualized, you're weird. And we should fight against you. What does it matter to me if you like me? It's just a fact. You, If you want to sexualize an eight-year-old, I don't like you. Now what? What, you think you're pious? Weirdo, you want to sexualize an eight-year-old? There was a video. I don't know if you saw this. Can someone get me um, just a little bit of a background on this? It's a video of Joe Biden... And maybe it was at, a, what was his daughter's wedding? His granddaughter's wedding? I don't, I don't know who, which, what, his granddaughter. It had to be his granddaughter's wedding. And it was at the White House, which I have no problem with whatsoever. It's totally fine by me. But there's a video of him and this, he's, he's giving somebody a hug and there's this young kid in front of him, could be a relative or something. He just puts his nose right into the kid's back and starts sniffing. It is the weirdest. Dude's a weirdo. I, in my life. I don't know if I've done that much sniffing. Right? Guys who sniff glue haven't done that much sniffing. By the way, don't sniff glue. It's just weird. When is anybody going to notice that this guy is inappropriate? This guy has got a freak show going on right in front of America. And everyone's like, oh, that's just Uncle Joe. No, everybody on the left is. Just like everybody on the left wants to be absolutely oblivious to the reality of Qatar. I don't think we should be oblivious. It's a bad nation. You you think that America is abusive? You're so absolutely full of crap. All you have to do is engage the just most basic comparisons between the U.S. and other nations. Now you could argue the U.S. could fix this and do that. I'm not saying you can't have that conversation. But Qatar is not as abusive as the United States. They've rolled back reproductive rights or trying to ban the word gay in public schools. Qatar won't allow you to have a kosher steak. What are you talking about? There's no comparison. The support of Qatar is a ridiculous place to be. But what do you expect from ideologues? What do you expect from people who will always side against the United States and they will side with quite literally awful people? FIFA never should have put the World Cup in Qatar. And me, who really enjoys soccer, I'm not paying attention. I don't care. And I don't care not because I don't want to. I don't care because they told me not to care. They showed me the way. They said, why bother? Look how little we care about these people. And I said, okay, then I won't care about these people. And here we are. But on MSNBC, dear Lord, they're not doing enough cleaning house. (laughs) Let some of these people go. Bring some new blood in. I mean, I'm right here. Hey, what's up? I will do the show from Indianapolis Week, I'll just do a, a weekend show from a cigar lounge. It will be the highest rated weekend show in all of America. You'll then move it to five days a week. But I'm not doing what everybody else does. You just got to let me do my thing. Honest conversation over a cigar and a bourbon, the way America actually wants to talk. We in? Come on, MSNBC. 
And I promise you, no garbage commentary that can be so easily destroyed like this guy, uh, Ayman Mohideen, who really does need to go. I'm Tony Katz. So tomorrow, my interview one-on-one with former Vice President Mike Pence starting at 8 a.m. It's the full hour. I mean, that's what's scheduled. Everything can go wrong. I expect everything to go wrong. Uh, uh, he, he will be calling in. We will have the full... Everything that wasn't asked by the Chuck Todds or the Jake Tappers... Oh, I'll, I'll be asking. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be going to it. We're going to dig a little deep. We are going to dig, actually, rather deep in the places that other people won't go with these kinds of interviews. Myself, the former Vice President, Mike Pence, tomorrow, 8 a.m. at 93 WIBC, WIBC.com. Tune in tomorrow, everyone. Take care.